Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. In the next couple of weeks, we are going to be looking at basically how we can support each other in terms of our own well-being, both in terms of the, the fundamentals of what we need, in terms of what we eat, in terms of sleep, in terms of how we can actually make sure that we've got the energy to be the best teachers, the best educators we can for the children that we're supporting. Today, I'm chatting to Moira Newis, and she's the Energy Reboot Expert. Moira is a registered nutritional therapist and well-being coach. She specialises in helping men and women with or without a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome or long COVID to regain their energy through a combination of nutrition and other lifestyle changes. Now this is something which Moira has experienced firsthand and so not only does she have the expertise, she has the experience and, and as I said that first-hand knowledge of knowing how to support you in a way which is going to give you the greatest insight and benefit. And when we get to go on that journey a little bit today, she takes us through her story but also in terms of how she can actually help you and in, in, indeed how you can help yourself. And just before we get started, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. The National Association for Primary Education is a non-political UK charity. As Vice Chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators, no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. Hi Maura, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I certainly know from my personal experience that looking after oneself is really important. I've been both ends of that spectrum of being able to be, yes, I've got life sorted to the kind of I can't quite get out of bed in the morning and kind of organise what needs doing. So I think this is going to be a really important conversation for so many people. So yes, thank you very much for being here. It's nice to be here, Mark. I'm looking forward to the chat today. So why don't we start with sort of a broad example of what it is that you're you're doing now and then a little bit of a, a kind of a focus on how you got there over the years. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a registered nutritional therapist and a wellbeing coach, and I specialise in helping men and women who are struggling with burnout, chronic fatigue, and now long COVID, regain their energy through a combination of nutrition and lifestyle um, support. So yeah, my story is I spent 20 years working in high pressure management jobs in the NHS. Um, and I ended up with burnout, basically. I ended up experiencing chronic fatigue, anxiety, brain fog. And after battling on quite a long time, I reached a point of no return, really, finding myself on the sofa every afternoon, unable to look after my own children, couldn't cook the dinner. My husband was doing all the cleaning and the cooking, um, and I no longer could really do my job effectively. I kind of felt quite detached from the world around me, like life was kind of passing me by and I wasn't able to interact anymore. I just began to feel a bit useless almost and a bit like I was becoming a burden on on my family really and to be honest when I look back now it's quite obvious that things weren't right for quite a long time before that um I was using coffee chocolate cake to keep me going to get me even to get on my drive home from work which was sometimes up to an hour I would need something to kind of boost my energy get me back um I couldn't go long, running any longer on a Friday night, which I used to do all the time after work. I was just so physically and mentally exhausted. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and I'd also developed things like anxiety and some IBS symptoms as well. And I was getting heart pain and palpitations. 
well, I was struggling to get to sleep at night as well. And um, I kind of convinced myself there was something physically wrong with me. And I would visit my GP and he would do tests and there would be nothing wrong. Um, and eventually, of course, I did begin to realize that this was not just something physically wrong. It was about stress and that actually stress can have an effect both on your mental health and your physical health. And that all these symptoms I was having, they were all tied back to stress. Um, and of course, a lot of your listeners will know there's a link between physical um, symptoms and stress. We only need to think about heart attacks, which is the one that people often link um, to stress, you know, to know that it can really have a, a big impact on your body as well as your mind. So anyway, what happened with me was I did my own research because I didn't really get a lot of help on the NHS, even though I worked in it and I had lots of contacts, which is really interesting, actually, from my perspective. Um, but I began to work out what was wrong and um, I managed to regain my energy again. And I became quite fascinated about how we make our energy, what can go wrong with that process and what we can do to get it back again. And along the way, I changed career and retrained as a nutritional therapist. And I probably got the last sort of 20 percent of my energy back while I was doing my training and really got into the understanding of the science behind all of that. And actually, I got more energy back than I'd had in the past 20 years. So I actually felt like a teenager again after this, which was quite amazing, really. And I actually went back to climbing mountains, uh, cycle racing um, and doing all the things that I love. So although I do know my story is a little bit of a gentle warning about the way stress can kind of gradually creep up in you, but it's also really reassuring that if you do get yourself in that situation, it's perfectly possible to get back to full health and full energy again. Um, and I think the thing that's fascinating for those of us who work within education is is, is the, the stories that we hear about people who make the lifestyle choices that support them, but sometimes it does involve taking one or both feet out of their current job whether that's just time out whether it's a, a slightly change of focus like i say whether it's a consulting role or, or or a change of school so is it possible to to still implement these things that you said sort of while being in your particular job and let's assume you want to stay in your particular job do you think you can do it sort of stage by stage or does it need a kind of a break and then a reintroduction how's your experience on that it's, that's quite a big question. What I would say is it probably depends where you are on the energy spectrum. So what I always say to clients that I have is, you know, energy is a spectrum. If you think about athletes, you know, that we see on the TV, they're at the top end of that energy spectrum. And at the other end would be people with chronic fatigue who maybe even can't get out of bed, you know. Um, and really, that is just that is your energy spectrum. And unfortunately, you know, when it gets bad, it can get really bad. So I think it depends where you are on that. Um, and what it is that is causing the problems with your energy um and i can i'll maybe if it's all right with you in a minute matt we can go on and talk about the stress response because i think that's quite important to understand but there are a lot of things that contribute to the stress response um and one of them that we can again talk about a bit more is is our whether our values are being compromised now for me personally in my situation my values were being compromised and that was one of the big stresses which i came to realize you know along the way um so i think it depends really on what the stresses are in life because there is a, such a huge range of stresses um and we can talk talk about this a bit more but you know there are mental stresses emotional stresses but also physical stresses um and environmental stresses and unfortunately the body our bodies don't really totally differentiate between these in terms of the biochemical response we get in the body it really just looks at the total stress load and what's happening and are we okay or are we not and if we're not okay then the, bo the body will kind of 
tell us that we need to do something and it will do that by giving us symptoms and making us ill and that that's eventually what happens so not a straightforward answer sorry <laughs> no no and absolutely you're absolutely right because it's not a straight a straightforward question which I, I think is why like you say you can you can be in in this situation for quite a long time before you realize that like you said that there's an issue or that um you know it's, it's just a busy week it's a busy term it's a busy I'm, I'm going for a promotion whatever it happens to be and and you sort of know that that's the case um so i, I guess the, the first thing i guess is just like you said um earlier on is is the awareness you know what is going on am i having lots of coffee am i eating to just sustain what's going on am i eating in a way that i'd like to or am i just reacting i guess it's it's that awareness is kind of your, your starting point really and, and I think there's a big difference between being tired and being really fatigued. Um, you know, we all have days where we're tired. You know, if we have a bad day at work today, we're probably going to feel shattered tonight. Um, you know, but if we have a good night's sleep, most of us will feel okay again the next day. But if we keep repeating that on a chronic basis, like every day is bad, you know, I'm not feeling good every day, I'm, I'm maybe not sleeping well, because sleep is just so important for recovery and recuperation. You know, that's when we begin to build up this chronic we're chronically stressing our bodies and that that's really where you know some change needs to happen no matter what it is you know whether it's what you're eating the way you're living your life um or as you say sometimes big changes you know you actually people realize it's not what they want to be doing um, um and that you know also um can be you know quite difficult sometimes because it's not easy to change career I think both you and I probably had career changes so we know that that's not you know it's not easy um and it can take a long time I think it took me several years to get to that point where I decided actually I wanted to do something different um so you know because the money you know depends on your money situation on your family situation there's so many other factors that start to come into play there yeah, absolutely. And and this is fascinating for me because one of the things that we're going to be implementing when we come back after our Easter break, um, so we're going to celebrate our 250th episode and we're going to introduce something new to the show and around education on fire for exactly this reason, because I thought it was something that was going to help me. And that's just, I won't, I won't do it all just today because I'm going to do a whole episode on this, but just having that time to be able to at least acknowledge where you are, good, bad, or indifferent. But I think that's such a key thing because I, I think certainly the most important thing is the moment you realize you don't have enough time or you don't have the energy to do that, then you're already much further down that slippery slope of, of feeling like everything is overwhelming and you're not really in control of what you want your life to look like. Yeah, and I think it's, well, two things. One of those things gets quite hard when you kind of in, it get into that position, it's harder to get back out of it again, unfortunately. It's easier if you can catch yourself at the beginning, because most of us don't. That, that's just reality, you know. It gradually creeps up on you. You don't realise that, you know, symptoms start happening. They maybe get worse, um, you know. And then when you're feeling terrible, because it's much harder to make change. So there's that. The, the other thing is, that, and something that's maybe helpful for people to do, and it's something that I do in my work sometimes with clients, is um, to draw a timeline of your life you know, put your age at the top of it, one end, you know, birth at the other end, and then just look at things that have happened along the way in life and and, and how you felt maybe over a period of time, because that can be actually quite revealing sometimes that you can begin to see that actually, hmm, when was the last time I felt really good? You know, that that that's a question I often ask people and actually it can give surprising answers. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And the other thing that I often have to go back for, for for my supporting myself is the is this whole idea of seasons in your life as well because 
we do talk quite a lot about balance, but there's also a harmony element to it as well. Because if you have young children, for example, your sleep is going to be possibly um, deprived in some way or another if you're up many times in the night. That's very different when your children are older. Um, if you're working shifts, then that's going to make a difference. If you've got parents that you're having to care for, all of these seasons have a different effect on on your life and how they look and how that builds into your life and so i think there's a certain amount of acceptance not in terms of that you can't make a difference in how you go about doing it but just knowing that your life will look different at like you say these different ages depending on that timeline yeah absolutely and i think there are you know sleep in terms of being so important i mean it's one of the fundamentals and i often think that well my philosophy would be that if people aren't sleeping well that that's the starting point because um you know, it's so important to have good quality sleep that if it's hard to make other changes sometimes if you're just not getting sufficient sleep. So it's definitely one thing that I would focus on with people. And there are lots of things you can do that can be really helpful to try and improve your sleep. But one of the key ones is getting in a kind of bedtime routine, you know, so, you know, two hours before you plan to go to bed, be thinking about what you're going to do in the next two hours, you know, try and turn your screens off, dim the lights, have a herbal tea, maybe, um, you know, do something relaxing. Um, and that relaxing thing is really, really key because people often have forgotten how to relax. Now that might seem a, a bit mad, but actually I've had people say that to me. In fact, I've had teachers say that to me, Mark, who have basically said, well, if I said, well, when was the last time you spent quality time relaxing or doing nothing, simply being, and they will say, I can't remember. And, and the key thing here is that we need that time we need that time to turn down our stress response and we need that time particularly before we go to bed to turn down our stress response to kind of get ourselves ready for sleep so yeah i don't know if you want to talk about stress a bit more and the mechanisms of it and stuff do you want to yeah let, let's dive into that so we get a yeah. really sort of good sort of overview of exactly how i think yeah like I say the reality of how that's helping or hindering us um in, in terms of our lives overall yeah well i think just maybe bringing it back to like what the definition of burnout is to start with uh, might be helpful because I quite like the NHS definition of burnout actually which is it's a state of emotional physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress and it occurs when someone feels overwhelmed emotionally drained and unable to meet constant demands and I think the way I like to think about burnout is that it's the body's way of protecting us from the extremes of stress by kind of sending us into survival mode and making us exhibit sickness type behaviors just like we do when we get a bug and we're ill and we our body tells us we need to rest we need to sleep and we need, want to go to bed it's the same basic process of the body telling us we need to rest and recuperate but if we just want to think about our nervous system a little bit and how we deal with stress because it's really quite important to have some basic understanding of this um, we can think about our what's called our autonomic nervous system being split into two parts. And that's the part of our nervous system that's not normally under our conscious control. Um, and we have two parts of it. We have, first of all, we have what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the part that helps the body relax and restore. And it's sometimes called rest and digest, which I quite like because it's good from a nutrition point of view too. Yeah. Um, and what we really want is for our body to be in that mode for the majority of the time, especially before we're eating and especially before we go to bed. And the other part is the sympathetic nervous system, and it's sometimes called fight or flight. You've probably heard of that before. And it's the part that gets activated when we face some kind of stressor. 
And the problem is that our bodies can't differentiate between a lion attacking us and the stress of something like a huge backlog of emails or a deadline or even some minor types of stresses. So the body just activates the same system that we need to fight off that lion as to deal with a backlog of emails that's stressing you. Um, and that's really just wired into us. It's a primal response from when we were hunters and gatherers on the plains of Africa and we had to fend off and deal with this type of predator. And sometimes um, if the body senses that that threat is really overwhelming and chronic and ongoing, then it can actually trigger what's known as a freeze response. And that helps the body preserve energy and kind of like hibernate really until it's safe to come out again. And you do hear about people freezing when they're being attacked sometimes. You can hear and it can actually happen over chronic stress ongoing situations as well. Um, and then we can just go into this kind of survival mode, really, and um, we're not really able to function normally any longer. And sometimes we can even get to the point where we're struggling to do sort of everyday tasks. And that is when people end up in bed with kind of chronic fatigue and things. So there's a lot that you can do to try and manage your stress exposure. But the key thing really is what we mentioned earlier about the total amount of stress that you're putting on your body. Um, the problem is that it really all just adds up. Um, and eventually the body will re realize that it's kind of reached this tipping point and it can, can no longer cope with what's being thrown at it. And that is when we kind of have this breakdown. Um, and the stresses to look out for, they're not just mental, as I mentioned earlier, but they're also emotional, physical and environmental. Because the body doesn't really differentiate in terms of the biochemistry going on in the body. It's just recognizing that there are problems to deal with and that it's not coping very well. Um, so just to give you a few examples, maybe, would that be helpful of the different yes, types please, of stress? Yeah. Okay, so mental stress, which is probably the one people think of most often in terms of burnout. Um, you know, it could be information or over overload of, of work, um, uncertainty and unpredictability, which we were talking about just before we came live today. You know, that is actually a bit of a stress on, on, the, on the, the body, lack of clarity on what we're supposed to do or the amount of time we've got to do it in. Um, compromised values, which we've already touched on, that is really important. Um, and maybe a lack of control over our work. Um, and emotional stresses could be things like relationship issues, grief, isolation, um, financial problems, um, anger, sadness, that kind of thing. And then we've got actually got physical stresses. So that could be to do with, um, you know, too little sleep. We talked about that one already. Um, too little or too much exercise. Do we sit all day? Um, or are we actually going getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do a, a really fast paced run first thing, you know, and then a really stressful day? That's probably not a good combination either. Um, it could be nutritional deficiencies, you know, poor diet. It could be problems with our blood sugar, too much body fat. They're all physical stresses on the body. And then environmental stresses can be things like um, toxins. So um, chemicals in our personal care, toiletries, uh, cleaning products, uh, in our food. Um, you know, it could also be um, medications sometimes have a toxic effect if too much is taken, that kind of thing. Um, and also things like air pollution or extremes of heat or cold. So you can see when we talk about stress, actually, from a biochemical kind of point of view on the body, there's a lot out there that could be contributing to that. And probably most of us can put our fingers on at least two or three of those that we know are happening now. We just kind of mentioned it. So yeah, so when I talk about the total load of stress, you know, what we're trying to do is is look at all, look at our life as a whole in a way and try and reduce as much as we can, you know, to, to keep it as manageable as possible. And I guess that there's a little bit of sort of positive domino effect can go on there because if you realise, like you say, there's one or two or, or three of those things which is affecting you, 
I guess some small changes can actually help the other ones as well. So like you're saying, for example, if you're if you're um if you feel like you've got overload and there's a lot going on mentally, actually taking time out to do some exercise if you've not been able to do some exercise, one gives you that kind of separation from work or, or the mental struggle that you're going through and gives you the physical exercise, which then is helping your body deal with things in that way. So I guess that that that, that could be an important factor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, another example we've read talked about if you, you know, if you can help get more sleep for example you know you're going to feel more like um maybe cooking nutritious food rather than just grabbing the chocolate in the coffee you know um, it you know it is to do with our mood as well and, and how we're feeling so yeah absolutely but and i think one of the key things when we're under a lot of pressures we often think oh i can't take time out i can't take time out but actually even five minutes and most of us in our day can say we can take five minutes out somewhere in a day um you know go and sit on your you know front steps with a coffee in the sunshine you know or, you know, maybe if you've got 20 minutes or more, you know, have a bath at night before you get ready for bed or, what you know, pick up your favourite book that you haven't looked at in a while. Um, but some of the even the just really simple things, you know, like if you're out for a walk, just thinking about the sun on your face or the wind on your face and just trying to kind of ground your body back to recognise how it's feeling. Um, you know, there are some quite simple things that you can do that might maybe don't take as much time. Um, just... Uh, you know, my favourite one's definitely the coffee in the sunshine, I have to say. <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of sun here at the moment, but hopefully it'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think that's that's really true because what often happens is is that your brain almost tells you that you can't cope because of X, Y, and Z. And I think even just making the difference of saying, well, that can't be true because I found that five minutes to sit and have my coffee. So therefore I do have some control. And at that point, I guess your sort of list of things that you might want to change or things that are on your mind, they have to change because you've changed that reality from a, a, a mental and an awareness point of view that can then sort of help maybe put the next block on the, on, on, on the, on the, on the wall, as it were, to kind of change that overall perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're talking about, what we're talking about in a way is, is trying to form healthy habits, even if they're really small. Um, and, you really need three things if you're going to try and make ongoing change. So to make a, a new healthy habit, you really need, first of all, you need motivation. So you need to know why it is you want to make this change. It might just be simply to feel better, but it might be that I want to play with my kids more or, you know, or um, I want to be able to ski to go on holiday. It could be anything, but you, you've got to have some motivation that's making you want to do to make some change. And secondly, you've got to know exactly what you're going to do. You know, it, so my, the best example I can make of this from a nutrition point of view is I'm going to eat an apple every day. You know, that is clear. I know what an apple is. I know when I've eaten it. That's a clear action. Um, and then the third thing you need to do is how you're going to fit it into your life. And so the best thing to do is to link it to something else that you already do in your life. So, for example, if a very simple example of this might be that I, I want to get fit. So the simple action might be that I'm going to put my outdoor shoes on in the morning now that might be the end of the action you because you know that you're probably going to go for a walk once you've got your outdoor shoes on but keep it really small that action has to be really small and manageable and then you might say well i'm going to do that as soon as i finish brushing my teeth so you've got your motivation i want to get fit i'm going to put my outdoor shoes on i'm going to do it after i brush my teeth and the reality is if you do that every day for a week the chances are you're going to go for a walk and the chances are that each day you might walk a little bit further so don't set off with the, you know a challenge being i'm gonna i'm gonna walk a mile today <laughs> you know 
because it can be too big and then you get put off when you don't achieve it so yeah small ideas of exactly what you're trying to do and and do you have any tips and and support in terms of getting to that stage you know is it just having a piece of paper and some time just to work out or to realize I guess what it is that you would like to do you know like is it about finding more time is it about um changing your workload is it about x whatever it happens to be so for those people that just they inherently know that they want it to be different but there's like say in the middle of this fog of a million things just how you sort of at least start evaluating that in in a way that then can become very practical like you just explained well i think sort of you know the the kind of model that we use in coaching which you know is one of the tools i use would be you know to try and work out something that you'd like to change now it could be anything in a way but something that's important to you personally because everybody's going to be different about what you know what's important to them what they would like to change but i mean just take that example mark you know you know um my workload's too big might be you know what's at the forefront of your mind and then you know so we'd be trying to understand well why do we feel it's too big um you know what could you do to change that um how will you feel if it gets changed? You know, bring your emotions into this. How do you feel at the minute? How are you going to feel if you manage to change that situation? And then all the options that you might have to change that situation. Um, you know, it might involve going for a chat with your manager. It might involve you looking at your work and seeing whether you can repeat stuff you've done before. You know, I, I guess it depends on your own situation. But then, you know coming away and I would say just stick with one thing at a time you know one thing this week you know this week I'm going to do x see if you can do it during the week you know because next week you can start with something else and I always say to clients that I'm working with small steps all add up to a big one but if you make it too big to begin with you might never complete the first one so that's my sorry it probably doesn't fully answer your question because it's difficult for everybody everybody's in a different situation but I do think it is about small steps adding up to a, a big change eventually yeah no and I think that's perfect because that's something that we can all understand that the, the, the putting your shoes on I think is a really a really important one and it's one that I can identify with um and like I say even just understanding that like I say I know I need to speak to somebody. It might even take me a little while to do that if it involves, like say, the emotional and um, energy or whatever to be able to put those things in place. But I think when you feel like you're taking some kind of control, that that starts to snowball and it gets it gets easier. Um, and and I think then just feeling like you're not at the the mercy of everything around you, I think that can that can be really key. And I guess that's the thing about like say having this overall idea. You know, I want to go skiing and be fit enough and have the the, the finances to be able to do that and then being able to understand well okay so the first thing is x or y and be able to put all those small things in step and I, I would say it's quite fascinating that kind of being able to have that overall perspective of what you're trying to do like you say with that what's the one little thing I'm going to do today which then builds up to that overall picture of being able to achieve it yeah and I think you mentioned there Mark you know getting help if you need it and you know depending on what your goals are you know fitness goals you might want a personal trainer you know if you've got emotional issues you maybe need um you know a different type of help you know and so i mean obviously i'm here as a nutritional therapist i support people with making you know dietary and lifestyle change but i think you know if if you need help reach out and get it is what i would say you know don't wait too long because it is harder the longer you wait you know and if you can get that help then i would get it in sooner yeah absolutely um and i, and I think 
one of the things which is always very positive about doing this personally is the fact that it also seeps then into into what you're doing in life so if you're you know if you are a teacher in a classroom you know the children do see that change and it might be that it's a small conversation it might be that they just see you regularly eating something differently or the fact that you're doing something in a different way which which is a, is a very positive thing and i think some of the things i think within the education system which is really important is the fact that as someone who's involved in education if you understand how you feel when you get home from work every day just imagine what it's like for a child who's been doing that all day in terms of studying and all the things that goes with that and they're growing <laughs> and that their main job is actually to be becoming a, a young or an older young adult all the way through obviously in, in, until they leave school and I think when you can understand what they're going through like that despite the the constraints of the systems and I think then you start to realize that the environment that you create within your classroom or your school or, or whatever education um, system that you're in those small things can make a difference let's do this a little bit like this let's do this like that you know let's have this conversation outside rather than inside it like I say it can be really small things but it starts to make a big difference to everyone and I think that positive role modeling then is incredible. Well, yeah, and certainly when my kids get home from school, the first thing they talk about is, you know, what their teachers were like today, you know, and, <laughs> yes. you know, and they tend to always mention, you know, it tends to be the ones they've had problems with that get mentioned, you know, and, and I think perhaps the teachers who kind of, you know, are having a bad day are the ones that t the kids come home and talk about, unfortunately, so, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something to be aware of, I think. So we've talked a lot about, the little things we can do in terms of putting your shoes on going to bed a little bit earlier that kind of thing so is there anything that we can look at and change from a, a nutrition and a diet point of view that's going to make a big difference um yes absolutely i think there's probably three kind of key things i would say would be worth having to think about in terms of nutrition and diet um first is that you really want to be nourishing both your mind and your body with nutrient-rich foods and these are really whole foods that you're going to find in the fresh food aisle of the supermarket. And they generally only have one ingredient and certainly not more than five. So that'd be my first tip. Um, and you really want to be eating lots of colour, um, a big variety, a diversity of different fruits and vegetables. So your plate is a bit like a rainbow. And one of the ways I suggest that you can do this quite easily is just to grate up things like beetroot, carrot, courgette, um, add a little chopped spring onion, chives, a little bit of shredded cabbage, salad leaves, you know, have a kind of just a very, very quick two minute chop up of, uh, of veg into your salad or have a handful of mixed berries or nuts, for example. And this gets you not only lots of fiber, but also lots of antioxidants, which are really helpful plant chemicals. So the fiber helps to keep your gut happy because it helps to feed all the really helpful bacteria that live in your gut and they feed on it and they make really useful things like neurotransmitters, for example. And one of them is serotonin, which is you might have heard of as your happy hormone. It's really good for um, helping balance your mood. And the colorful plant chemicals, uh, they help to reduce oxidative stress. And that's really when high energy molecules cause damage. And you've, you'll have seen this when you get sunburn from the uh, skin burn, sorry, from the sun, because that is damaged by high energy molecules. And eating these antioxidants, these colorful plant foods help to reduce inflammation in our body as a result. So the second tip is to make sure you're eating plenty of protein and you want to have some protein on your each of your plates of food. Um, they proteins are needed to make a lot of the building blocks of our body and they are also 
really good at helping keep you full for longer, keep you um, stop reaching for the unhealthy snacks that you might want otherwise. And they help to, because of that, they help to balance your blood sugar as well. Um, and lunch boxes can be a bit of a challenge if you're out all day. Um, and, but you can do things like taking in cold meat, so things like ham, chicken, beef, uh, cheese, boiled eggs, natural yogurt, for example, and, and maybe a handful of nuts. They're all good protein sources. And my last tip is make sure you're getting plenty of healthy fats. Every single cell in your body has a membrane made of fat. And we want them to be nice and flexible so that they allow nutrients to come in and out of the cells. And even your brain is made of approximately 60% of fat, which we often forget. So you really do need healthy fats in the body. So things like cold pressed olive oil or avocado oil for pouring onto salads or drizzling onto soups and things or overcooked vegetables. Um, and if you're cooking things like ghee and coconut oil, which can withstand high temperatures without being oxidized and damaged, just like we talked about before in terms of um, skin damage. <laughs> so if you do these things, you probably feel less tired in the afternoon. You won't crave high sugar foods as much. And over a longer period of time, you'll start to feel better as well. So that's my top three. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. And, and I think um, the coconut oil is something that we've just introduced very, very recently as well. And it's absolutely amazing just in terms of what, but like the, the putting your trainers on things just one small thing is just really sort of revolutionized I, I, I guess our thought about what it is that you need to do from an oil point of view or how you're going to actually cook some of the some of the things um and it just becomes part and parcel and all those little things that you do like you said you sort of add up and I certainly have that now you know go at lunchtime you know rather than thinking it has to look like this whether that's a sandwich or whatever and it actually now looks a little bit different i'd say i have much more of the sort of the protein and a bit more of that kind of focus and that definitely has made a, a, a big difference and i think hearing those things and actually knowing that you can just make those small things that are, which obviously seems to be the theme of today <laughs> the, the small things that can build up into, into a change of lifestyle in all these different areas is going to make a big difference yeah, absolutely. And I, I think sometimes we're a bit caught up in, in myths about food as well. And, you know, you just touched on oils and things. And I think the big one of the big myths around is that we shouldn't eat fat, but actually we really need fat in our bodies. So, um, you know, the right type of fat is the important thing. <laughs> Yeah, and and talking about stories of life and all that kind of thing, you know, I think we're of a generation where, you know, the whole thing about not eating eggs and butter and margarines and all that kind of thing, you know, it was so heavily kind of broadcast through the media that it's very difficult to then sort of work out what is the the, the best and the, the reality of the real research in terms of what you need. So it's always great to have these conversations to kind of get a real kind of clarity focused and knowledgeable understanding of what you're all about. And like I say, just even knowing that you say your body is, has that much fat that's needed and and how your body's made up and how it works, I think means that you can do it with a, an informed opinion, which is going to be very helpful. Let's just switch it around a little bit in terms of, of your educational experience. Do you have a, a teacher or, or a situation that you remember that um, sticks in your mind? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, generally, my my schooling was a very happy experience. I haven't didn't have a lot of negative experiences, fortunately. Um, and I, I love I remember watching the Berlin Wall fell. There you go. That'll tell you my age. That was when I was at school. And I loved history and I loved 3D art and modeling, particularly. Um, so but I, I don't have a lot of I don't have any memories, particularly of primary school teachers specifically. Or, um, and although I enjoyed, enjoyed my kind of high school years, probably the teacher that sticks in my mind most is a teacher called Mr. Clark, who I had at Sixth Form College who was my geology teacher 
and he was just so passionate about geology. He was really inspiring. He never raised his voice, but he kept the attention of the class the whole way through. And I went on and studied geology at university. So he was definitely my inspiration from, from my teaching being taught years. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that comes through, isn't it? That enthusiasm for, for what you're doing just makes the whole teaching experience and, and being taught a, a really incredible experience. And do you have a piece of advice you would give or a piece of advice you give your younger self now looking back that you think would be helpful and I do often caveat this with the fact that I understand that when you're giving advice to younger people they may not want to take it on board or see it for what it is but my, my overwhelming feeling is always that if you never hear it you never know so it's important to have the conversation. Yeah I think um, one thing I didn't learn in school interestingly um, and I probably wasn't aware of until I was coming up to 40 years old myself when I began to have my own issues with burnout was how strong your beliefs and values are and how they affect and shape your life choices and how happy you are in what you're doing. And that's probably, I mean, maybe school is different now. So I do not think there is a bit more discussion about this. Um, and I think it's mainly because we don't spend much time really trying to understand them and articulate them and change them if we need to. And because they're formed as we grow up, so teachers play a big role in this. It's quite interesting. I mean, caregivers, you know, people we live with as we grow up and our experience through education, you know, really does help set some of our values and beliefs in life. So I'd like to teach my younger self um, how to identify um, their values and beliefs and change them if necessary, because I suspect that I might not have ended up with burnout had I understood this fully and perhaps been able to sort of take some actions that might have changed how I was feeling because my values were definitely being compromised in my work. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that is where I guess the conversations about mental health in inverted commas um, helps in as much as people are even understanding that there's more to their learning than just maths and English, you know, and there's, there's a whole nother conversation about broad curriculums and the different subjects which give you different um, experiences and different outlets and all that kind of thing but I, I think it's certainly something that we've we've had in our household in terms of that just because an area of your life is telling you one thing it's not necessarily truth because there are other parts of your life which will be telling you something different and like I say that forms those value systems you know what do you believe it is what are your thoughts on it you know it might not be right or wrong it might just be that your interpretation of it is is a good one or it might be not supporting you or whatever it is and I think just being able to open that door like you said to sort of have that from the a youngest age it's going to give you that foundation that you need to take those positive decisions as you move move forward. And it's really interesting because my daughter's just choosing some options at school at the minute in her high school education. And I'm, I'm really conscious that, you know, the temptation, of course, is to give your own advice to your child about what options they should take and why this is valuable and all the rest of it. But actually, you know, I also really want her to make her own decisions in life. So she's doing things that she's chosen and she's happy with because we quite often yeah. do get pushed down a certain road due to expectations on us and things so it really is and, and I think the, the one thing that I try and do whenever I had a parent I, I completely understand how that goes is the fact that I think part of the stresses that come with being in school is the fact that it all has to happen now you know your whole life is geared to this exam on that day or you know if you take these subjects that's what it's going to look like and we know as adults that in reality 
you can retrain you can do anything you can take a different subject at any point and that's never anything that you're going to hear at school because it's all about making sure you're doing what you need to do now to get this test to get that exam to to do x y and z but i think when you realize that you're a, you're a long life hopefully um and and as we know like I say you can rechain in different jobs different areas different experiences different people take you into different parts of that and that i think is such a freeing understanding is i'm making these decisions based on the knowledge of others because we need mentoring and, and understanding our sort of our job is the the more experienced adults i think is to sort of guide but to understand that that's all it is because you know i'm a professional musician and that didn't come from my parents because they weren't musical um it came from the experience i had in school and me just knowing that that had to be an integral part of my life and luckily i was given the ability and, and the chance to be able to do that but it wouldn't come from someone saying you have to do x y and z it just came from me and so like you say i think understanding all these things together is uh, an incredibly important thing and is there a resource or anything that you'd like to share which has had an important um part of your life and it could be a video song book podcast film could be absolutely anything but something which you kind of think oh yeah that's really either helped me in this particular scenario or something which i always go back to to be supportive um well i think the thing that's it i actually saw this relatively recently but i think it's a really good one because um i like the story and and this is a film called my octopus teacher um i don't know if you've seen it mark no i haven't no okay um and it's about a man i think he was a filmmaker in south africa who ended up with burnout and he decided to take a year off work and he started to go wild swimming and then he found an octopus and he started to watch the octopus and he decided to make a film so he swam and filmed the octopus every day for a year and it says a lot about it there's a lot in there about mental health about life as a whole dealing with burnout but also connection with nature um one of the things in relation to stress management that I always talk to my clients about is their connection to nature and how important that is for your health, because nature has a lot of healing powers. We know that there's a lot of scientific studies out there about forest bathing, spending time in nature um, contact with animals, for example. You know, that's why most of us have pets, um, you know. So, yeah, I would totally recommend that film. It's, re it's a really lovely film to watch with your family as well if you have children. Fantastic. Well, we'll make sure there's links to, to all those things in the show notes so that people can click through and, and experience that more. Um, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for such a really important conversation and an interesting conversation. I think there are so many points there that people can take away in terms of evaluating awareness, making those small steps and knowing that they've got the support to be able to do that. So tell everyone where they can find out more about you and the extra support that you give and um, and, and how they can help. Okay, um, so my website is my name, basically. It's um, Moira Newis, which is M-O-I-R-A-N-E-W-I-S-S.co.uk. Um, so if you want to find me, that's where to head and you can see what I'm all about and the services that I offer. And I do have an ebook about burnout, Mark, that perhaps we can put a link in the notes for people, um, which might be really useful, actually. It's quite in-depth and it covers a lot of nutrition and um, stress some stress stuff as well so and explains really the, some of the stuff I've talked about today 
fantastic so there are the first two things which you can do you've listened to the podcast and you can download the ebook and at least start to dive into those things to get that immediate help if that's something you need so yeah Maura thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it um, and we didn't get blown away today because we are in the middle of all the storms it's snowing here oh is it wow <laughs> um so yeah thanks so much really um really glad that we had this conversation and i think it's going to help so many people so yeah thank you very much okay thanks thanks for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information of each episode and to get in touch go to educationonfire.com education is not the filling of a pail but the lighting of a fire